Amy, welcome Hello. to the Major Video Podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we only met like literally the other day when uh, Anne uh, wanted us to do some content and yeah. edit it up and all that kind of stuff. And I started following her on Instagram, and I like I started seeing like your photography work and stuff. And I mean, I just asked you to come on because I thought it'd be cool. Because like I was saying to you just then before we started recording, um, I'm always fascinated by people from a similar uh background to me in the sense that being in fitness then getting into sort of creative work yeah um no i'm 36 right so i've been in it for way longer than i should have been <laughs> <Quite evidently. laughs> i've been in this for a long time right so when i got into it there wasn't like yeah there was men's health and, and women's health and all that stuff so it was like professional stuff like bodybuilders yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Normal PC or Fit Pro um, didn't hire a photographer or they didn't hire a videographer. It just wasn't a thing. No. I, and, and it's a fairly phenomenon. Um, so I'd love to, first, but so firstly, before we get into any of that um, and your journey into that, uh, for any of my followers who don't know who you are, uh, give me a little bit of background on, on, on you. Okay, so... Um... I suppose I'm a photographer now, sort of. Photographer and a PT. I'm still kind of in the middle bit, but I like doing both anyway. Um, I was in the fitness industry for eight years as a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach. I then moved to Melbourne and fell in love with food and started doing food photography. Um, and it kind of, everything's just snowballed from there. And I've gone backwards and forwards to each one. And now I now I do more photography than I do PT. But yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at right now. Um, a little bit of both. I, I love that, and I was in that position for like a long time. Um, and it's it's that sunk cost fallacy thing, isn't it? Where you put so much time and effort into something, yeah. Sometimes it's quite hard to let go of it. And I was at a crossroads with fitness for ages, where I knew that I needed to get out of it, mm-hmm. and I was doing videography as like a bit of a side hustle. Yeah, like it was. Like, that's being generous. It wasn't even a side hustle. It was literally just a hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like watching YouTube videos, basically, and I was interested in it. Um, but for a long time, it's hard to take that plunge, and it's a hard thing to do when you need to buy like a three thousand pound camera and a load of lenses. Yeah, it's not a cheap. It's, it's not like a cheap hard. hobby to 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 try and turn <laughs> yeah. into a business. Do you? I mean, you're starting on a loss, like pretty much. I mean, with I mean, with most self-employed jobs, I suppose you start on a loss, but you kind of think like, okay, well, I have to get equipment. So that's a big loss. And then what if people don't want shoots and I have to offer loads of free stuff? And then I'm, you're, you're spending money to get shoots, to get content for yourself. And suddenly it's like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's like the PT industry starting off. You start on a loss and you have to make it work. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That, that's, that's super interesting, actually, because I suppose in some professions, if you invest like maybe a hundred quid or two hundred quid into something, if you lose it, it doesn't really matter too much. You can make that back quite quick. But with yeah. camera gear, your camera could if you don't do anything with it, you could lit your camera could literally sit there and gather dust. And yeah. you've lost the best part of five thousand, ten thousand quid. Mm-hmm. And it's not making any money. <laughs> unless you actually go out and do it. And yeah. <laughs> Cost per shop but, quick. Like, it's quite, it's quite a pull, isn't it? Like back in. It's quite a pull yeah. when it's a safe thing to keep doing what you're doing because it's what you know and what you're good at. And that's where I was like with PC and online coaching because it was like, 
I've got a bit of safe income here, like a relatively safe income. Yeah. Doing videography is like, it's like, I love it, but how the hell am I going to make any money from it? Yeah. And I fell into all the traps that when I started doing PT, actually. Um, but just going back to what we said at the start, like what, what, like, like social media content, it's, it's so saturated now, but it's mm-hmm. a fairly new phenomenon. And when we like going back even eight years or 14 years in my case, I mean, no fit pros really even needed content no. that much. I mean, even back when I when I started, I think Facebook was like just like just getting started. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. For, yeah, yeah, I think it was, and obviously maybe back then I don't think Facebook even probably didn't run ads, or if they did, it it probably wasn't a thing for individual individual people and small businesses. It was probably more. The big ones that would be obviously using like cookies on Google and stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, recently. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, you're good. Go. Just, just so it doesn't slip your mind. Going back even further than that, I remember I was on Facebook before the internet business pages. Yeah. And then I set up, and then he brought up business pages, and it was like, oh. Separating business and and the social side of it and the yeah. side of it, kind of like a weird thing. And then the business page sets up and it was like super amazing reach, right? So you could literally post something and it would go out to thousands and thousands of people. I yeah. bet like TikTok was like a few years mm-hmm. back. Reach just be massive. And then they brought up the share button. And yeah, the share button was like a phenomenon. Uh huh. So yeah, the share. Button. God. Yeah. Share button was like you could share you could actually share your business stuff to your personal stuff. Yeah. Whoa, this is like big phenomenon. So I was I was fascinated by it and it was like this is gonna be a game changer. This share button's gonna be an absolute game changer. And then it just the reach just went plummeted and went down. And that's the same with every platform. They give you loads, reel you in. Yeah. And uh, excuse the Instagram real pun. Yeah. Um they literally reel you in. And then be squashed it. Yeah. You're gonna get. And it's like you, you need to pay now. Yeah, it's a, yeah. They put a paywall in front of it. It's like okay. Yeah. If you want that reach again, you got to pay. Yeah. yeah. I think. So I think actually, okay. It's probably why people need to make sure their content is. Uh, to be honest, like you know, people need to make sure they're at the top of the game with their content at the moment because if if you're not willing to pay for ads, which I don't, you know, I don't think the the usual personal trainer in the gym probably would but if they're putting out good enough content in their sort of local area and their local vicinity making sure the gym members are seeing what they're posting and that's high quality then they're likely to get at least their members and not maybe not need to reach out to sort of online coaching or whatever but there is that reason as to why i think content creators have need are needed now for for the general pt yeah, I actually totally agree with that. You know, like, I, I actually was thinking about this. So, it drives me mad when people say organic is dead. Because, yeah, obviously with paid stuff, you're going to reach a wider audience, obviously, because you're paying to reach yeah. a wide audience. That's your thing. If you're doing it right, it really works, right? Mm-hmm. But what drives me mad is when I, I'll see an amazing ad, someone's put a really good video together, and it's pulled me in, and it's exactly for me, and I'll click on it. And I'll go and look at their Instagram profile and there's nothing on it. The organic no. is dead. Yeah. 
I yep. can put any effort into what kind of stuff. Yeah. And he just won't want to pay that straight away. It's like, what are you, like, what's going on? Yeah, you need to what? make sure it's constant. It has to be constant. Yeah. 100%. And you write what you say. Like, the, I think we're going to see a shift on socials over the next six months to a year. People are like, at the moment, it is volume. Like, get as much content out as you can. Yeah. Quality. We'll, we'll, we'll work on the quality as we go along, but it doesn't have to be amazing. Shoot it from your phone and just, and I get all that. It's yeah. like, that's a, that's correct. But I think there's going to be a shift to like, people just going to want better quality stuff. They're not going to want to see shit stuff. No, I, I, I mean, being in the food photography world, um, I, I think, especially let's say that you get the influences go, that go around restaurants and post and then, the restaurants are posting bog standard photos. I don't want to go to a restaurant that's posting bog standard photos of their food. I want to see that food in like its best quality to make me go there. Oh, yeah. So as a PT, so you don't want to see a bog standard. You don't want to see a bog standard PT doing a bog standard post. You want to see them at their best quality. I'm really sorry if you can hear my dog whining. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's all right. So do you know what? Do you know what? You, you, I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right. Like with food photography, um, like I've actually, I've actually never done food photography. But what I would say is, um, when I when I look at food photography, if it doesn't make me want to salivate, I will look at them photos. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, sorry, I'm gonna shut them up. <laughs> shh, shush, shush, please. Good boy. Sorry, he's he's got he's he's only, he's fifteen. He's he's uh. <laughs> yeah, no stress, no stress. Um, yeah, like like when I look at food stuff, if it doesn't make me want to salivate, then um, like what's what's the purpose yeah. of it? In like when I look at something, I want to be able to consume that thing. Mm-hmm. So like I'm a big like steak fan and curry fan and pizza fan. And just food, food fan, just food fan. <laughs> Yeah, really a food fan, yeah. I'll eat anything. Um, but if I look at something, I need to be able to want to eat it. Yeah. So my mate's got a restaurant and I've done some content for him. And I look at his stuff and his, his food's amazing, to be fair. When I look at his stuff, it doesn't really catch me to pull me into what yeah. go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, uh, the content, right? It's to bridge yeah. that gap between t- taking the action, if that makes sense. Um, what I'm really interested in, to, like, before we get into all that deeper content stuff, is what actually inspired you to go from sort of fitness coach, strength and conditioning coach, to fitness photographer, um, and even I don't know if you do videography, but videographer as well, uh, where the standard, like, partly the reason why I got you on the podcast is because the standard of them photos is unreal, like. Thank you. You know, what's the process that you can go through to like learn that skill set? Um oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a poignant moment where it probably switched for me. Um I think it might have been last June, maybe. So I was working at Nuffield and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Um and I just so happened to have a cafe pop up on my Instagram looking for a social media manager. And I was like, Well, I've done a bit of food photography and maybe this could be you know, something a bit of fun that I can do on the side. So I, I went and I went and applied for that and I got it and I still work with them today actually and they're fantastic. 
And just from there, I did a lot of, uh, to be honest, I did a lot of food, but obviously with my passion being fitness, I managed to get into a CrossFit box, um, CrossFit Watford, and I, I thank them to this day for just giving me a chance at doing CrossFit photography because it's pretty hard to do action shots and stuff. And I think maybe in the last sort of six months, I really just went, I this is what I want to do. I love fitness and I love taking photos of people doing fitness and I love that industry and I love going to meet new people. And I've just taken so many photos that I think my skill set, what I know has just, it's just grown. It's just grown through practice. And to be honest, a lot of shit photos too. <laughs> Probably a lot of crap photos, a lot of bad edits and just learning what's best for that environment. Um, but yeah, I, that's pretty much, pretty much how I got there. So when you bring, so when you, when you look back at like your old, um, photos that you were taking back when you started compared to now, is there like a marked difference? Oh yeah. Like massive. I think it's very much composition, editing. I had when I first started taking say fitness photos, I had no idea about ISO aperture, um, like how to make how to use my camera i didn't know how to use it i could get the composition right i could get people in the right spots but then to try and get the best out of that photo i had no clue i've only probably recently figured out right okay well if i'm in a dark room then i need a higher iso and that means that it might be a little bit more grainy and then i need to take the noise down only you know in the last few months i've kind of really honed in on on the skill more than just what's in the photo yeah, I love that. I love that because, and I resonate with that a lot. Like, I mean, the big, big sort of resonating point in time for me was probably COVID, where we had loads more time on our hands. And yeah, I remember it being really. I just vividly remember it being really hot, like weather. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was the best summer we've ever had. Amazing, right? What was because we couldn't go out? I was like making videos in the garden, like stupid, yeah. silly videos <laughs> in the garden. Um. Just to pack the corn better at Everton. Sorry. God, old dog over there, puppy here. <laughs> um so yeah, like I was just like literally doing videos and edit like editing them. Yeah. Like, literally I'd shoot a video, edit Just practice, practice, practice. Practice. And then I was posting them on my old Instagram page and I mean some of the I mean, I look back at them now and it's fucking terrible. I, I I do I did product photography during um, lockdown, and I think exactly the same. I'm like, why the hell were people paying me to to do this? This is horrendous. Like, please, I don't even want to be associated with these anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Like, I, I I actually went back on my old Instagram and like downloaded some of them. Oh yeah, to like compare some yeah. of the stuff that I've done, and it's like, yeah, I I, I wouldn't have hired me then. Never mind me. <laughs> Back then, like, there's like, got to be a standard, what? hasn't there? Like, there's a reason why people pay a thousand pounds for a photographer and a hundred pounds for a photographer. Like, yeah. there's got there's got to be a range, just like PTs. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? So, I was like, it, it's a weird thing because, like, the barrier to entry to photography and videos now is so low because everyone's got a phone, and yeah. phones are amazing. So, you can shoot a really good picture on your iPhone. Yeah. If you and you can just do it right, or you can take a really nice photo on your iPhone, and it sounds like you can do it. You can use Lightroom on on, on your, um, 
Yeah, on your iPhone. On your phone. Yeah. You can just do it and it will look amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's the barrier to entry of learning that skill set is... Hold on a sec. Start. Uh, um, yeah, the barrier to entry for that, um, for for learning any skill set, is being shit at it basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I think that's what causes like that, like level of imposter syndrome. Because I, I remember like I was working with some videographers, like Evan Mentors and stuff, and it was, I mean, it was so bad. Like I was, I was looking at these videos that these videographers were making. Yeah. I was like, I am never going to be able to make a video like that. Yeah. Like, never. <laughs> I, I I think, like, recently I've probably had imposter syndrome the most that I've ever had it. People, I was asking, so when I first started doing photography, I was asking people, like, can I come in? And then I had probably my first person sort of asked me maybe a couple of months ago if I could come in and take their photo. And I was like, what? Really? Like, actually, like, I, you know, and it, and it does kind of, you need to, it's almost like grounding yourself and going, do you know what? I am getting better. And, you know, you with your videography as well, I am improving because I'm putting the work in. So people should yeah. should want me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? A bit, I am in. 100%, right? So, like, so I got to a point where I was, I think I was charging like 200 quid for like a video, like a day's video shoot, which, oh, well, say, yeah, uh, yeah. you know what? I mean, you know what it's mm-hmm. like. You say, "Hey, but it's really like half a day. You're never going to be there all day." Yeah, but then it takes for editing a video, depending on you know. Yeah, so so, hundred percent. So when you break it down, like I think I was like losing money at that point. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're probably on like five pound an hour. It's not. Yeah, I was basically just yeah, I was basically just losing money. But um, like I started working with a coach like a, a business mentor and he said like look you're not gonna be able to make enough money to mm-hmm. keep this going if you don't raise your prices even if you work with hundreds of clients but i had the baby on the way it's a long story anyway so i put my price up to 500 yeah um i put my price up to 500 and i was like right this is cool if i can get 10 of these a month that's amazing like i'm making decent money um it's not gonna overwhelm me and during the course of a month, it's cool. I can do it. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then I've done this networking meeting. I've done this networking meeting. And there was a girl from Ipswich down south. Like, I'm obviously up north. Yeah. Girl Are you Ipswich. really? I, I didn't know. Touche. Uh, <laughs> Touche. Um, so she comes on. I didn't know her from Adam. She was doing weddings. Um, yeah. And she was a videographer and photographer. And she was just introducing herself and stuff. And this networking group is—it's a bit more like a, a business development group. Okay. And she she just said it. She didn't know who I was, and she just was talking about her frustrations in a business and stuff. And she was like, "Oh, I'm fed up with charging buttons for weddings and um, and doing videos because I hate the editing and all this stuff." And she was like, "And I was like, out of curiosity, like, how much are you actually charging?" Yeah. At four thousand pounds. And I was charging 500 quid. Yeah. I was like, even so, the penny just dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either she's really charging and she's really good. Yeah. Or or she's charging fair, but she's very, very good. Mm. Or I'm massively undercharging. Yeah. 
So, like, it's that thing of, like, straight away your imposter syndrome kicks in again. It's like, am I just, like, lowballing everyone here? Am I, like, losing money still? Yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. It's like, tough to wrap your head around. It's tough. Um, so, yeah, like, that's, that's my experience. So, I think... Don't get me wrong, I'm, I don't charge four grand for a video shoot for anyone watching this. <laughs> no, he charges five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double, 8,000. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, you know, I, it's a tough thing to, like, find. And it's it's something I speak to my, my um, social media coaching clients about all the time. Like, social media is loud. Like, yeah. you know. If if you look at fitness photographers and I look at videographers, you know, the, you will find so like I'll find someone better than me. You'll find someone better than you. Mm. You'd be like, why are I like that? Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm really you know I mean? like, Yeah, no, I do. I do. Like, I I follow the I follow like some videography YouTubers and like some of the stuff they're doing now is absolutely mind blowing. Like, yeah, like mind blowingly good, and I'm like. But it's not like the way I reframe it. It's not like I'm, I'm um, trying to be better than them because I'm probably never going to be better than them because they've just got so much experience and knowledge and stuff. But it's inspiration to to know that you can get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think also when it when it comes to stuff like that, you never know what someone else's circumstances. You don't know they because they might have made it early in the videography world. They might only have to make one really good video a month and have all this free time to practice other other things or they might not have a family and there's loads of other things that come into like your progression rate um and that's why i always try and tell people who are videographers or pts or anything really is don't that's why you shouldn't compare yourself to it's really good to aspire to be that good but actually you have to go at your own pace because your circumstances are so different to everyone else's 100 percent, totally totally great totally agree um so also just like fo- like following on from that um what i wanted to cover a little bit off was like practicalities of um actually getting into the trenches of doing a photo shoot or a video shoot so um what do you think are the key. What what do you think is the key to like a successful photo shoot? So hypothetically, if, if I'm a CrossFit athlete, yeah, and I'm thinking about getting some shots and hiring a photographer, and I'm come to Amy and I say, Amy, why is structure me photo shoots? Where we're gonna get some amazing photos. What would you say is like the key to making it successful? So for for the CrossFitters, most of the time, what I do is I I say to them, let's right, you need to plan plan a workout. We need we need a plan for the day. Whatever whatever movements you want to show, let's do them. Usually I run an EMON, which is every minute on the minute. So they might do five rounds of 10 reps of, say, clean and jerks or whatever. But we're getting in a lot of volume for movement. So I can get loads of different angles for them. And most of the time, we'll just they'll just run for a workout. I'll make them feel super comfortable. We'll have a bit of a laugh during their warm-up and all that sort of thing. So then when I'm standing in front of them when they're training and probably going balls to the wall they don't mind having a camera in front of them they've already had it in front of them for 10 15 20 minutes um and i make them feel comfortable back in their setting but usually because they're in their setting and they're doing the thing they love actually having me about is neither here nor there 
Um, and once their workout finishes, that's when maybe I'll direct a little bit. I'll say, okay, well, what is what what do we want to get out of this photo shoot? Yes, okay, it's great showing you doing high intensity snatches, but are you an online coach? Are you an in-person coach? Do you want to represent products? And depending on what they might want, I will then structure the rest of that shoot where they felt comfortable in front of the camera for a long period of time to then do the stuff that might be a little bit more awkward of posing a little bit, you know, putting them into place, getting the flashes out or whatever it might be. Yeah, big time. Big time. Um, I could not agree more. I could not I, agree I just, I just uh, think sometimes having photos, you know, being a PT doesn't mean that you, or, or a CrossFit athlete or whatever it might be, you might not really enjoy being in front of the camera. But as we've said, you need to get high quality content. So you kind of have no choice. And I think as a photographer, videographer, it's really important to make them feel as comfortable as possible to get the best out of them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I, I mean, I done a um, video on photo shoot last week with a girl um, in Manchester. And she wouldn't... I mean, she she done everything I asked. We planned it all out, um, but she just done it. Like she just got in the mix and done it. Yeah. Um, and we got some amazing shots. And do you know what? Like we talk about quality. I mean, some of the, I was looking at some of the photos in in like room. Some of them are like amazing, and she looks amazing. And this this lady is in her forties, so you know, she, yeah, it's not as if she's twenty twenty two and starting to build the glutes up. She's. Mm-hmm. You know, in her forties, quite experienced, yeah. um, really just trying to post on social media. But we got like eight hundred photos. I just snapped them for like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, you get low. Yeah, you know, get and you think you know, like hiring, like hiring someone like you or someone like me. It's you get you're gonna get like talk. We talk about quality of content, but the quantity of content as well that we're gonna get from just spending an hour and a half with someone, you wouldn't get that on your own. No. No, you wouldn't get it on your own. You probably wouldn't get it going to a studio either. Not for the not for the price. Um, I think most most top end fitness studios are five hundred pounds for an hour, which is an awful lot considering they probably only get about ten to twenty photos. And when you're trying to make content and keep content constant, that's not a money maker. That's gonna drain you. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean I mean, I think I took eight, I think it was like 859 photos yeah. straight off the camera. And I got them into Lightroom and I was like, she's probably going to get, you know, for an hour and a half that she spends doing the workouts and doing all the exercises. And we we even went to a, a Starbucks around the corner and took someone on a laptop, like showing that side of yeah. the business as well. And it's got mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, the, she's probably going to get 300 photos fully edited. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, like you say, you're not going to get from like a, um, you're not going to get from a, like a professional studio for that. No, not not unless you want to spend in the grands. Yeah, 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 money to burn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just going back a little bit, just touching what you said about um, like sort of helping them plan the content and stuff. Like, um, I personally do a, a strategy session beforehand. Just so I'm not turning up, shoving the camera in the face, and you've got nothing planned. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I like to get people's take on how they actually plan that stuff, especially from uh, someone like yourself who produces such high quality stuff. 
Um, I, I think I'm getting better at it. It's something that I haven't done a lot of, actually. I'll be completely honest, is, is the whole direction of a shoot because I came from more of a competition CrossFit background where, you know, you just go in, take photos of competition. There's no direction. And it's something that I'm even learning is, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before a shoot with someone, have keep chatting to them. Um, make sure that you're always constantly on the same page, coming up with ideas. I get people to generally do a mood board for me with images that they like or might re- like to recreate. And that also helps sort of direct where we're going to go before we get in the room. Because otherwise you do tend to stand there and go, Right, what are we what are we gonna do? And you spend half an hour trying to figure out what workout you're doing or what shots you wanna get or you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Um yeah, you know, like typically in like a strategy session for me, it's it don't get me wrong, it's not like this super complex, complicated yeah. like strategy process I'm gonna take someone through. Um usually I break it down into like four four steps really that are just you know, like th- if you think about it, right, in in a photo, is it providing value? It obviously needs to look good, and yeah. obviously, like you mentioned, composition, all that good stuff. Um, I always think with content. I mean, most if you speak to online coaches, I think it's the idol. I love that dog. He's he's just a good. He's a very good guard dog. I'm going to turn the light on. Actually, he's a. Uh... He's he's a very good puppy. He's always been very protective. Um, yeah, like um, four steps. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the four. Yeah, so join us. Steve, four it's steps. Not like right, yeah, the four steps the to break a million views. <laughs> um, Don't give too many secrets no, away. I need to get a notepad if you're gonna. <laughs> No, like, like, it, I'm not like it's not it's not trying to like catch anyone else or try to, you know, people like social media is like having a camera on your iPhone. It's like yeah. entry level, easy to start doing it. You can start posting content, and most people do start posting content, and if and it, it it's good and it it reaches the ideal clients and all that stuff, but it's not getting anywhere and it's not getting in front of people that they should. It should. Yeah. And how frustrating is it when you spend half a day creating a photo or a video and a nice little caption and yeah. you post it up and no one likes it and no yeah. one sees it. No one sees it and you're just like, oh, great. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing it for myself. It's fine. I'm doing it for myself. Funny <laughs> frustrating, isn't it? Because, like, you know, there's like some value in there. Like, yeah. that could help someone. Yeah, definitely. But there's like, some value in there that could help someone, but no one looks at it. You may get one like off your ball as you yeah. said, she's proud of you. Number one fan. Oh. So this is all I, re- yeah, it's yeah, I rely on. Hundred percent. So, so yeah, going back to it, the four steps that I like to take people through on like a strategy session is how does how does it provide enough value to your audience that they're actually interested in like consuming it, whether it's a photo, a video, a caption, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, does it show the person as an expert or an authority or someone who's good at what they do? Typically, with like in your in your case, it's like them photos really show off what they're good at. Like, yeah, you know. So you know, when I look at them, I know them people know know the shit about CrossFit or I know they do. That's why I tend to usually go for like a muscle up or a high a higher complex move within a shoot. 
purely because if someone can do a muscle up, they've probably been doing it for a while, which is, as you say, it, yeah. it shows that. Hundred percent. Like even with even with every other day, it tells the story yeah. of of what she's trying to portray and get across. Yeah. You know what I mean? Them like amazing photos, amazing content, and it tells a story, which is yeah, hilarious. exactly. So there's actually some. So it's not just like you said. It's not just you know take a picture and post it up and hope for the best. It's actually some some substance behind it. Actually, yeah. Um, and then obviously. And by doing that, you actually prove your competence. You, you know, you're proving it because you're producing amazing photos. I only have to look at your photos to know that you're a good photographer because the difference between that and a normal person who just snaps a selfie in the gym is like a crazy difference. There is a difference. Even, even say, good. I think when I first started doing food photography, I didn't mainly use my iPhone and... I could get a pretty decent, you can, as you say, you can get a good image from an iPhone, but once you learn how to use a camera, you suddenly realize there's a massive difference purely because the camera has, you can just do a lot more. 100%. 100%. Um, it wasn't until I started, you know, I've got me, I've got me little Canon here, me little one. Um, it wasn't until I started using that. And that's not even the most powerful camera, but. It's like the difference yeah. is like staggeringly, staggeringly different. Oh, what's that for field? Oh, wow! <laughs> and ultimately, and ultimately, what it what it's meant to do is like um, build relationships. You know, the reason why you're on this podcast is because of your content and what you've done with them. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's actually we we we've built that sort of small connection and relationship through content, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, definitely. I and think that's, and that's what you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, just as you said, like just creating a connection with someone. People can resonate with feelings in a photo and that sort of thing. And some photos can look far too set up where people go, "Well, I know that was that was fake. Like that's not real." But probably in more of a setting that we kind of do it. Actually, you're going to be like, okay, maybe they were sweating pretty hard and they were working hard or they are really happy and having a good time. And it, it does, it creates that like interpersonal feel that people look for following people that they like on social media. Yeah, I love that. I bloody love that. Bloody love it. Um, cool. That, that that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's given me some food for thoughts, actually. And also, just having like that, them sort of like, sort of, what, what would you even, I don't even know what you'd even call them, like, like, it, like, like, inspiring, like, inspiring ideas popping up in your head just by talking about it like this. I'm probably going to go away and like start to make some content around that because, um, yeah. make it happen. It all, it all just like, it, it, I call it like an ecosystem of content. So you get an idea and then different content yeah. is like sprouts off that and it, it just gives like as much value as possible, really. One one topic I'm really interested to get your take on. Okay. Is artificial intelligence. Okay. Oh. I'm I've so, actually uh, I've been speaking this is obviously it's massive at the moment, but I'm just talking to someone about it today who is petrified of artificial intelligence. Yeah, so it's weird, right? So when um obviously the big one at the moment is chat GPT. Yeah. Where you can literally just sprout off anything you want. 
in one sentence. Yeah. It, it's weird, right? Um, now, I'm seeing in, in videography, video editing tools, I'm seeing, um, you know, these these tools that can literally create short-form videos out of YouTube videos in five minutes. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I do get why it's scary as, you know, a video editor and a videographer and a social media coach in myself where I'm like, um, oh, shit, this could literally displace my job like in theory so i don't think i don't think it's going to be this like i mean from a personal point of view, i don't think it's going to be this like huge thing where you know people aren't going to need videographers anymore um but for the standard person who might just record a video um yeah online or on the phone they might not need someone to really help them with that editing process anymore because they've got these tools available to them um, yeah and that's quite, I mean, and I think that is quite a scary thing, to be fair. It's it's definitely, it. I suppose it's growing, but at the same time, it's it's why, I think probably the same reason as, as why online teaching probably isn't as good as teaching face-to-face. It's because there's still things that need that personal touch and why people like learning from people. Because people like personal interaction so someone like you who teaches people about social media or videography people come to you because they want that personal touch within what they're learning because it's probably more enjoyable it's probably a lot more enjoyable process and if you know if if you're not too trusting of ai or not liking where it's going then there's probably a lot of people out there that know that they could learn from it but still not trust it and would rather trust a human being with their learning process or their editing process and that sort of thing. Because I would, let's say if I wanted to edit my wedding video and I, I, I had a wedding video, I don't want to send that to the internet. Maybe I don't, I don't want the government to probably have it on tap. I just want to send it to you and let you edit it. And, yeah. you know, like that's what AI is. It's learning from everything that we do. Yeah. Okay. You don't like it either, do you? Um, <laughs> you know what? Like that—that's like a really that's. I think that's like a really sensible take, actually. Um, like AI, I I kind of like as I've gotten definitely as I've gotten older, I really like learning stuff, and I really like going out my way to keep learning stuff. Yeah, like I've worked with mentors, I've worked with coaches. And I love learning stuff and I like getting my brain working and challenging my brain a little bit. Um, with, like, ChatGPT, I mean, it does give you some, like, some ideas and stuff and it, it does spout the stuff off, but it doesn't get your brain working. No, 100%. And, and you have to constantly keep feeding it. Whereas you have a conversation with someone, you can constantly bounce, 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 bounce. And probably you've probably spoken about more than what you're actually looking to look go and speak speak about and you probably learn a lot more than what chat gpt is gonna pop back at you bloody love it bloody love it bloody love it I love that yeah that's a really um really it's just take i was actually playing around with adobe firefly oh yeah this new like adobe thing with the gross house um i mean you can literally type in something like create me a photo of 
Yeah. Rich. And I would literally just make that picture. Yeah, yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, like, I, I think some things can be recreated in that way, but there's a lot of things that also can't. Say, for example, people's wedding videos. Yeah, yeah. It just... Like, the, the, the beautiful art of you, you framing a shot, capturing the exact moments of happiness in someone's eyes at a wedding, cannot be recreated by that. a robot. No, definitely, definitely no, not. not definitely not. I do, I use chat, P to, chat, bleh, bleh, chat GPT for captions. If I'm doing a monthly plan for a client at a restaurant, I know for a fact that if I had to sit there every night and try and think of how to explain this Italian dish, time and time again, I would just lose all creativity. So actually typing, sometimes typing in GPT, can I please have 30 captions to describe a, a nice Italian restaurant in a cozy atmosphere, da 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 bish bash bosh. It's time saving. I know that it's probably going to be more creative than me at 7pm at night. And yeah, so I think for things like that, it's it's actually very, very good and very helpful for content creators and people and social media managers. And there is a lot of benefits to it from our side of the table, um, as well as maybe maybe being a little bit scary and possibly maybe taking some stuff away from us. But like I say, I think yeah. it's the whole personal thing that makes the difference. 100% isn't it? Like, you know, people have made a lot of money doing videos and content and photos and email marketing and all different types of content marketing actually mm -hmm. like like people like make amazing livings off it i think probably where ai will go is that it will separate it will separate people again so people who make money off it will be people who embrace it and learn it and include it in their service because it's not going to go anywhere yeah sorry hello doc <laughs> uh, and people and then, and then the people who I mean race it. You know when you know when like my mum and dad are in the sick these days. I can't take him seriously. Just like sometimes he looks like he has this like look of like surprised all the time and just makes me laugh. <laughs> um what was I saying? Oh yeah, so mum and dad are in the sick these Poor mum and dad for just whipping their age out. Here we go. <laughs> if, I, if I if I if I if I asked them to go onto their iPhone and even send an email, they wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And if we don't embrace if we don't embrace AI now, we're going to be that 60, 70 year old person who can't work with the iPhone. Yeah, exactly. I think you do sort of have to move move with the times. I I think it's one of them ones where there's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of negatives, just like social media. Just like moving from newspapers and magazines to going to online news articles. Like there was probably, when that happened, people people who were writing articles for magazines were probably shitting themselves. But there's still magazines there and people still buy magazines because people prefer that yeah. form of inter, um, like communication or how they read stuff, I suppose. Yeah, when the TV came out, radio presenters were absolutely shitting themselves. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, people should listen to radio, so. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, cool. So, if someone, a crossfitter, a fitness professional, a personal trainer, an online coach, wants some amazing photography, where can they find Amy Flood? Um, probably the best place is just on Instagram as underscore Amy Flood underscore. 
at the moment. I'm well, currently working on a website, so yeah, that'll that'll come right, soon. Right, but right. Instagram, just find me a DM, slide in. Amazing, amazing. Um, I love it. Um, I will I will put a graphic on with your Instagram handle and Lovely. all that stuff. Thank um, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for um, having me. I really enjoyed it. Right, um, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, it hopefully won't be the last. Uh, and yeah, um, hopefully people get some value out of this and they'll take it forward and make some better photos and better content and videos out of it. Like fine. Hopefully they'll they'll come to you if they need some hand if they if they need a hand. Steve Steve's a business content content helper, videographer, extraordinaire. And so me, and me, Amy, and Dog's podcast will be going live on YouTube. Here he is. He actually popped up at the right time. Here he is. <laughs> Hello, Bell. What's your dog's name? Bennett. Oh, Bennett. Good boy, Bennett. My dog's what? My dog's called um, my dog's called Walter, but he's not here. To... Oh, Walter, that's such a sweet name. Bennett, don't show your bottom. Honestly. Okay, so yeah, cool. So peace out. Lovely. See you soon.